You're listening to the podcast of The Branch in Ashland, Virginia. In Ephesians 4, Paul lays out the gifts that have been given to the church in order that we might equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Today, we look at the first of those five gifts and roles that God gives, the role of the apostle, which means sent one. We see how Jesus displayed this gifting, what the characteristics are of apostles, and how they fit into the big picture of God's church. How many people have siblings here? Everyone grew up with a sibling? No, yes. Or cousins that felt like siblings? Or... My brother is four years older than me, and sometimes that was a good thing. Sometimes it wasn't such a good thing. You know, growing up, I remember there were times that we would uh, argue with one another. And as the younger brother, um, there, nothing gave me greater joy than to go tattle on my brother. Um, and then what gave me greater joy on that was to be given the power to tell my brother, mommy told me to tell you to stop, right? Like, and so maybe you've seen this played out in your own life when you were younger, in the lives of your kids or nephews or nieces or friends' kids or whatever. There's something about um, being the bearer of news that has like weight to it, right? With authority and power. You know, just going and saying stop doesn't really work, but saying mommy or daddy told me to tell you to stop um, changes the whole perspective. There's, there's confidence in, in that message, right? When we bring that message, um, we can feel that we're doing it uh, and delivering it in such a way that um, there's power there, right? You know, last week, Kron introduced us to Paul's words in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4, where Paul tells us uh, what God is that God has equipped us as parts of the body with specific gifts. And if you have your Bible, you can turn to Ephesians 4, reading through those verses again. It's up on the screen. Paul writes this to the church there in Ephesus, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we will attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Over these next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the different roles that Paul lays out here. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers because those roles are not just roles for people who are in leadership or in charge within the body of Christ. They're roles that all of us have been given gifts to actually assume. And so um, we're going to be looking at what those are. We're going to be looking at how Jesus demonstrated those specific roles for us how uh, those roles are kind of demonstrated, what those characteristics look like for those of us who have that gifting, and then for those of us who don't have that gifting, what we do about it, how we lean into those who may be gifted in that particular way. The, the apostles, the first role that, that Paul talks about there, it comes from the word which means one who is sent, or a sent one. 
I'm one who's been empowered as an ambassador, just like I felt like I was empowered with the words of my mom to tell my brother to stop. Um, So uh, an apostle is someone who has that, somebody who is on a mission. You know, if you've ever seen uh, the Blues Brothers before, right? Like one of the lines in that movie is they go and they say, I'm on a mission, we're on a mission from God, right? There's something that changes when you say, hey, I've been sent by somebody. And that somebody has authority, that somebody has power. And Paul is telling us, those of us who are gifted in this apostolic gift, that, that we're sent ones. We're on a mission. And the thing about people who are gifted in this area is that they know they're on a mission. Jesus embodied this. As, as an apostle, Jesus knew that he had been sent by the Father. In John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus said this. He said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. But Jesus also understood that the mission that he was on. In John chapter 6, verses 35 through 40, John writes this, And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And we lost the thing. It's back. It's, it's fooling with me. Okay. Um, will never go thirsty, but as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Jesus, as he did his ministry and his mission on this earth, he understood his sentness. He understood his ministry. He understood what God, what the Father had called him to do. And in the same way, those who are gifted as apostles should also understand that gifting. Jesus, because he understood that that because he understood that he had been sent he understood that that god had that the father had given him a mission he was able to stick to it and not waver you know the beginning of his earthly ministry he spent 40 days out in the wilderness fasting if you remember from the gospels jesus uh, met the the devil out there and the devil tried to tempt him and jesus continued to go back to, uh, to Scripture and, and remind himself and remind the devil why uh, he was doing what he was doing and why he wasn't going to be pulled off from that. Jesus demonstrated that sentness. He demonstrated that missionality too. And those of us who are gifted as apostles within the church, um, we hold to the mission that God has called us to. And those who are apostles keep us on task. You know, maybe you know those people who do that. Every time you start getting sidetracked, those of us who aren't focused um, and they may need a little bit of reeling in again, the apostles are the ones who say, no, this is where we're going. Stop trying to go that way. Stop trying to go that way. That's where we're going. Keep pointing us in that direction. The sentness of the church and the missionality of the church are key characteristics of apostolicity. 
And Alan Hirsch, who is a writer and pastor, says this. He says, Apostolicity, therefore, is the inbuilt, culturally embedded drive to ensure that the church is faithful to its missionary calling. The missiologist and theologian Daryl Guter wrote this. He said, It's the ministry that ensures the church is always centered on its calling to be the agent and instrument of God's mission, and that everything it is and does relates to and demonstrates that calling. When we understand who we are, when we understand what we've been called to, it's much easier to march, right? It's much easier to keep going in that direction but when we fail to remember that it's easy to get pulled off of it it's easy to lose our vision it's easy to lose our focus on things the role of apostles within the church is to to catalyze and to commission the people of god to be on the mission of god those if you remember, you know, those of you who have taken chemistry too, what is a catalyst? It's something that, that will, will quicken and make movement, right? Something that makes things happen. That's what apostles do. Those who are gifted in this area are people who will say, come on, let's go. This is where we're going. And they'll, they'll catalyze people to move towards something. Because in and of ourselves, we may have that tendency to just be like, okay, Let's just sit here. We're good. We're comfortable. You know, that's the way I think I've seen within the church before, uh, the, the big C church, that people have a tendency that once they find their little niche, they find their place of comfort, it's like a, a comfy blanket. They just want to hold on to it and never give it up. Apostles are the ones who will say, hey, no, 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 don't get too comfortable. Like, we're going here. You know, some of us might feel like we have that tendency to circle up the wagons, we hold hands, we sing kumbaya, and wait until Jesus comes back. Well, apostles will be the ones who, if you do that, they will be frustrated beyond all belief. And they will prod you and poke you and say, don't you dare, none of that kumbaya stuff here. We're, we're going to go out and we're going to realize the mission that we've been sent to be on. And so they do that and they focus not on providing resources only for the people who are here, but also for saying, hey, how are we going out and fulfilling the mission that God has sent us? And what is that mission that the church, the body of Christ has been sent to fulfill? We, we see that in Matthew 28. Before Jesus, after Jesus had ro- risen from the dead and before He uh, ascended into heaven in Matthew 28, He gives His followers, the disciples, what we've come to know as the Great Commission. And He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me, and therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There's three things that Jesus tells His followers to be about. That part of this mission is. It's go and make disciples. Baptize them and teach them. Those three things are the things that we should be doing. Are we making more disciples? Are we baptizing them? That's that outward demonstration, that picture 
of what this looks like, you know, and as we move towards warmer weather again and there's possibilities of doing outdoor baptisms, are there some of us who have never taken that step and who want to publicly declare that, hey, you know what? I, I am a disciple of Jesus and I'm fulfilling this mission, this commission um, by, by doing that. Are we teaching and are we learning too? Um, you know, I, I believe that disciples, especially disciples of Jesus, should be lifelong learners, that they should be constantly learning. But when the church gets off track from these things, it's the apostles that bring us back again. The apostles that say, hey, hey, wait a minute, you're not there. Let's get back to center again. Let's remind ourselves of, of where we're going, of why we're going there. And, and then keep pursuing it. Alan Hirsch again says this. He says it's very much a pioneering function of the church, the capacity to extend Christianity as a healthy, integrated, innovative, reproducing movement ever expanding into new cultures. And those gifted with the apostolic gift are interested in core ideas that generate and maintain systemic health. Um, an apostle can also be described as a pioneer or a designer, an innovator, an entrepreneur, a strategist, a visionary. I like how somebody put it that apostles are the dream awakeners. You know, I've shared this quote before and I, I love it and I think it applies here. The guy who, who wrote The Little Prince, if you ever read that, Antoine St. De Saint Exupere, he said this. He said, If you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men to gather wood, divide the work, and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. When you paint a picture of where we're going and the vision of something, you awaken a dream within somebody. You inspire people to say, This is how God can be at work. And it's the apostles, those who are gifted in that area within the church, who can say, hey, come on, let me show you a picture of what God is doing. Let me point you in the direction and paint this dream for you or awaken within you this dream and what that can look like. We need to listen to the apostles who call us, call us out of our complacency and call us to the adventure and the mission of God. Apostles will call and will go regardless of who is behind them, be it one, one or 1,000. That is the gifting again, is that it doesn't, we, the apostles are not going to get distracted in certain things, some of the metrics that we can easily get caught up in. The apostles are going to say, no, this is, this is where we're going. This is the adventure that we're on, and they can make it seem like an adventure. We probably all have friends like that, right? Like, they're just fun people. And they're going to just do these things and these, be on these adventures. Those are the apostles. Some of us hear this and we say, oh, that's me. Like, I'm always about adventure. And some of us are like, nope, I'll take, I'm just going to sit back here and enjoy. I may be the one who needs the poking and prodding. I may be the one who, who wants to circle up the wagons and hold hands and sing kumbaya. It's okay whichever one we are because that's what, what the diversity and variety of the body of Christ is supposed to look like. 
If you've been gifted in that area, then lead with it. And if you haven't, then look to those who can help inspire and awaken dreams to pursue the mission of God. If you've not been given this gift, then you need apostles around you. You need people who can inspire you and and pioneer the way for you and say, hey, here's where we're going. So what are some questions that can help us identify those who have the gift, this gifting, those of us who are apostles? Well, think about whose voice is it that's priming us for innovation and entrepreneurship? Who is saying, hey, how do we keep going in this direction? How do we keep doing things, being innovative in what we do? Who's developing capacities for appropriate risk-taking? And I think the key word there is appropriate. You know, there's some people who, who may be gifted this way and they haven't, God hasn't grown them in such a way that they're just taking any risk possible. But it's what is appropriate risk-taking? You know, exposing ourselves to vulnerability, um, but meaningfully and appropriately. Who's challenging us to dream dreams? And to imagine forward. I like that phrase to think about. Imagining ahead. Where we're going. Who reminds us of the greater vision and the commitment to maintain it. And who helps us to challenge and inspire others to see themselves in new ways. And find new ways that we can use what God has given to me. You know, over the last few weeks, if you've read the weekly emails at all, Sam's put the links to um, an, an assessment in there where you can find out what your APEST is the, the abbreviation of this, Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Shepherd, Teacher, what your APEST profile is. Um, you know, personally, I, you, most of you know that um, I rely heavily on Gallup strengths, um, but I think this is a great thing in combination with that to say, hey, how has God knit me together in such a way that I'm not just using these things for my own benefit? I'm not just using them to get ahead, but I'm using them, as Paul says in Ephesians 4, for the sake of the body, for building up the body of Christ, so that we can be on mission for God. How can we learn these things? And it's fascinating to me as I've got you know a spreadsheet with all these people's strengths on it and thinking about who are the apostles, who are the prophets, who are the evangelists, who are the shepherds, who are the teachers, that some of those things pop out right away. You know, those people who are the includers who want to make sure, hey, who's being left out here? Chances are they're probably shepherds, and we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. You know, those people who aren't afraid of risk. So, um, you know, if you have the strength of deliberative, you know, one of the things is that you're always trying to eliminate risk there. And so um, you're probably not uh, an apostle, Um, but that's okay. Um, Not everybody has to live into this 100% all the time. We're all gifted in different ways. And when we start understanding how God's put us together, it allows us to not only understand what we're good at, but also what we're not, and then look for those people who can fill in the gaps. And say, this is why God intended us. You know, I have an arm and an arm and a leg and a leg and two feet and two ears and put together what can they do, what can they accomplish. And that's why Paul uses that same analogy for us. 
to say separately an ear is just an ear. But put together, what do these look like? What does it look like? That's the beauty of the body of Christ is that we don't have to do things alone. In fact, by doing things alone and not inviting others along, we're limiting the capacity of Christ's body to follow the mission of God. I would go so far as to say that if we are content with uh, not knowing how God's put us together, knowing not, like, not knowing what gifts He's given us, and just kind of sitting here and saying, okay, th- that was nice, that was fun, and not really being on mission, then we're probably being disobedient, and we're not being good stewards with what God's given us. We're, we're not using those to the fullest capacity. And we're not using them and putting them together um, to be uh, a, a more fuller picture. You know, one of the values that we have here at the branch is that work and service aren't reserved for the paid professionals. Well, we all play a part in the mission of God. And we, do we understand what that part is and how we play it and how we nurture our gifting so that we can do it well? I used to watch cartoons are way different now than they were when I was a kid. But like there were things like Voltron and all these cool things where you had these all these. It's like Power Rangers. It's probably like the most recent thing where where people like came together and it showed this unity when you put all those things together. But there was a robot Voltron when I was a kid where like there are all these little parts, but they came together to make this one big. I was going to say something I probably shouldn't say. So this really bad, like awesome, um, I'll just say that and you can fill in the blank, right? Like awesome robot. Um, and it was like, oh, that's really cool because by themselves, they're pretty cool. But when you put them together, I mean, they were awesome. And I think that's the picture that Paul gives us about the body of Christ. That like, hey, you know what? Some of us are, I I mean, I've spent time with y'all. Like, some of you are incredibly gifted people. And that's awesome. But what happens when you come together and you use those gifts together? I think that's what Paul tells us we're supposed to do. And what a picture it will be when we begin to live into that. Not only to say, hey, like, I know what I'm good at. Like, I, I'm, I am gifted an apostle, but I'm not gifted as a teacher. I'm not gifted as a shepherd. Who is? And then who can I lean into? One of the most freeing things for me over these past few years is understanding what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Because when I find people who naturally thrive and uh, just take off in those places that I don't, I'm like, man, why would I even try if I know that they're gifted? Um, and we work together as a body. So as I hope that you guys will um, take this to heart and that really, uh, if you haven't done that assessment, um, that you would uh, you know, send me the results. I'd be glad to sit down and talk to, and hopefully over these next few weeks as we look at this, um, we'll see it more. And what a better way to, to even remind us again of what we're called to as the body of Christ than, than coming to the table. But before we do that, let me pray for us. Father, thank you for the apostles among us. 
We thank you, Holy Spirit, for gifting those with the gifts who can help us when we need fresh perspective, when we need a jolt, when things get too settled and stale. Would you continue to move in the apostles among us? Would you open our ears to hear their calling to mission and movement? Open our ears and our eyes to hear and to see the way that you're moving. Father, would you empower them, the apostles among us, with confidence, with courage, with grace? Would you solidify your mission in the apostles among us that they might step out and invite us to join them as we seek to fulfill the commission that Jesus has given us as his hands and his feet? As the body of Christ, as the members of that body, may we submit to you. May we submit to each other in order to, as Paul says, achieve unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God to become mature, to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. May we do this in such a way that we would see the building up of both your body and your kingdom For your glory and for your name's sake, we pray. Amen. Apostles are the sent ones. They bring us back to the mission that God has called us to as his church. Apostles are pioneers that constantly call us outward into the world. Are you an apostle? Do you know someone who is? How are you or they fitting into the body of Christ? Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at thebranchashland at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, give us a review, and share with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. See you next time.